Great to have you with us. Uh, we are uh, in for Glenn again today. Glenn will be back uh, tomorrow, tomorrow morning. Exciting stuff. I can't wait. I can't wait for Glenn to be back and, and bless us with all of the knowledge he's acquired over, over Christmas vacation. I'm sure it's been interesting. You know, it's fascinating. Glenn's like, uh-huh. he's one of those guys. I know me and you are, or you and I are not at all like this, but like he's the guy that's just posting constantly on social media while on vacation. Yeah. Like I, I, yeah, I, I, I don't even think about it. I don't even think about it. No, I, I think I posted. I think I posted once, which was just a because I happened to be in an airport and I saw a bunch of luggage, and I thought, can I take one of these and get offered a job managing our nuclear waste, uh, or do I have to wear prettier shoes first? That was my only and lipstick <laughs> and lipstick. Yeah, you know, and I don't know. No one really seemed to have the answer of what the process is. Hmm. Uh, but. That was the only thing, guys. The only what, time you chose not to. And you I, chose not to take the luggage. Right. Well, let's 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 see how that plays okay, out. But all right. Uh, but you know, I did check social media social media a few times, and it was like every other day. It's like Glenn, new new post from Glenn. Glenn's just <laughs> he's guy. He's just an amazing guy. He just he'll just keep yep. going. He doesn't. There's never a stopping point for the guy. Nope. situation last night on Monday Night Football. Uh, potentially tragic, but hopefully uh, the person involved will pull through. But they stopped the uh, they stopped the NFL game for the first time I've ever seen and just didn't play it uh, after a 24-year-old safety just collapsed after a tackle. Uh, we'll get into that, talk about what happened there, uh, and a lot more coming up in 60 seconds. Pat and Stu for Glenn on the Glenn Beck program. Last night on Monday Night Football, uh, Demar is it Demar Hamlin? Yeah, yeah. Demar Hamlin uh, made a tackle. He 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 was just. I mean, it was a routine tackle. Yeah, it looked like totally uh, routine tackle. Running good. back ran into him. Uh, it kind of hit him in the chest. Maybe leveled his either helmet or shoulder pads, and and kind of hit him in the chest, and. Uh, Hamlin wrapped his arms around him and they both went down. Hamlin got right back up and then he stumbled backward and fell to the ground and had had a cardiac arrest. It's really strange. 24 years old, healthy athlete, but you heard some explanations about what that might have been about. Yeah, the, I mean, there's obviously everyone's going to become a hard expert over the next couple of days. I will attempt mm-hmm. to to not go down that road. I mean, I was looking listening to and there's a former NFL team doctor that I you know follow on social media, and 
he did a broadcast about it and and talking about the most likely outcomes obviously they're going to go and look at this and look at every possibility and we should we should of course investigate every possibility mm-hmm. um there's this thing commodio cordis which i of course don't I'm not an expert and I don't know really anything about, to be clear, not, not much of a heart surgeon. I mean, I do occasional heart surgeries on the side, you know, I mean, like just, mm-hmm. just, you know, like a more Weekends. of a weekend guy, yeah. you know, I don't do it for a living, right. but you know, uh, I'll do some, you know, stuff for charity. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> uh, so like discount surgery, discount heart sur- surgery. Yeah. Like I try to yeah. keep it, like, keep good. the price down for people who need it. Yeah. You know. Um, but. Uh, <laughs> so if you can't, if you can't actually <laughs> afford somebody who went to med school. Right then they call you yeah i mean that, and that's what's amazing about stuff like youtube you really can learn almost anything <laughs> and so if you if you happen to be someone in that position like hey i need uh-huh. some major heart surgery and i only have saturday open my doctor won't do it or you just aren't insured you know i can i can probably help you out but that's really just yeah. that's a side thing for me okay. um, the only reason i know anything about this at all in all seriousness is because i was a little league coach and so, like, and I remember, as, you know, when I was in Little League when I was a kid, like, they threw you out on the field. You stood 10 inches away from aluminum bats striking the ball at your head. Mm-hmm. They barely even made you wear helmets while you were batting. Mm-hmm. As a parent. If you wanted water, you were a sissy. You were a sissy, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, all that stuff. Uh-huh. As a parent, uh, things have changed quite a bit. Uh, a lot of safety precautions taken uh, you know from incidents right like an incident happens and then you know these safety precautions face of you know fall throughout the entire world and so when i was a kid you know my my son playing little league and i was coaching they i had never seen this before i had a kid um but you now as a little leaguer in most areas have to wear like a chest protector on the mound so, like, you know, this is in T-ball, right? You're five and six years old. You're wearing a ch- not a chest protector and, and a some helmet. sort of facial guard, right? Yeah. F- like, yeah. almost a football helmet Yep. Uh, on the mound, which, again, this was not the case when I was a kid. No, me when I was a kid, We were doing kid pitch at this age, and just, just line shots were coming back at your head, and you were yep. just supposed to move. Duck. Right. Duck. Get out of the way. That's what the whole point is. <laughs> you, you get hit in the head with it? Right. Put some dirt on it. Yeah. Let's go. So. Uh, ru- walk it off. Yeah, exactly. That's all. Yeah, rub some dirt in it. Move, you know, move on with your yep. life. Walk it off. Yep. Um, now, of course, apparently they tried that with somebody at some point, and they couldn't move on with their life. So, <laughs> what they, a sissy! Right? That Who was, was this sissy that ruined baseball I for us? I don't know. Oh man, I want to hear from them. But they put on a chest protector because of this particular thing, which is incredibly—it's very rare, but it does happen to athletes. It happens mostly in athletes and car accidents. Those are the two the two times it happens. But basically. Hmm. It's blunt, a blunt object, in this case a helmet, uh, sometimes a baseball, sometimes a steering wheel, uh, hits you in the chest. At the, it's, It can't even just be a chest hit. It has to happen at the exact time during the heartbeat that it, it, like, you know, they have a chart of it, which I've seen over the past 24 hours, where, like, you know, you see that little, like, you know, mm-hmm. EKG, EKG. It has to be at the exact moment. Like, there's like a, you know, a, a 10 millisecond area that if it hits right then... It can. It's not like a, a typical heart attack. It's cardiac arrest. It's different, and it can. It's not like a systemic heart problem with the person. Where like if you know you you know we we all we have of course Jeffy here who who works here who mm-hmm. has a you know, weekly heart attacks. What's the at this point is it weekly or biweekly? It's bi- biweekly. Biweekly heart yeah. attacks, mm-hmm. and you know the, and I love Jeffy and we, he had a really scary. 
he did incident a few years ago where he had a really bad heart attack because of a blockage and you know mm-hmm. i don't know all of his arteries would be my guess but so this has nothing to do with it's that it's not like that it's not like you you know you just a, a freak accident that stopped his heart for some reason yeah it basically just just if it hits at this mm-hmm. moment it, the <clears throat> the heart just turns off and if you can get the heart beating again very quickly, usually people recover from it. Mm-hmm. That's what we're hoping happened here. The, the doctor who was a uh, former NFL team doctor basically said, look, it, it, the best place to collapse from a heart from a heart issue like this is in a hospital. The second best place is probably on the field in an NFL game because there's so many people right there looking at all of this with all the best equipment available to go immediately. And and they did get to him quickly and got his heart beating back on the field. He gave him CPR. Which is crucial. Yeah. Uh, if, you know, they, they had, someone had mentioned they had held the ambulance for the mom to get through the stadium and come down so that she could go. And they were like, that's a really good sign. Like, if, if your vitals are back... And they're holding and they said an ambulance. All his vital signs were normal yeah, by they, the time he got to right. the hospital. Uh, so. so that's really positive. Yeah. I think, you know, they're. I don't know how he's still in critical condition, though. They yeah, said critical but stable, but all his vitals were normal. It's kind of weird that he'd be in critical condition. Yeah. I mean, look, it was really bad. Just to was watch, bad. you know, yeah, taking out of, of the cause sickening. of it and all that, like watching the broadcast, you just don't see multiple NFL players on the field sobbing. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I've never seen anything like it. Praying, sobbing. Uh, praying, sobbing. Like, uh, it was really disturbing to watch. And it was, you know, it's the thing that the NFL has. And again, I've never seen them stop a game no. like that and just stop playing and, okay, go home. Yeah. Oh, really? Of all the injuries we've seen, we've seen people be, you know, yeah. su- somewhat paralyzed. Daryl Stingley got yeah. paralyzed from the neck down. Yeah. They didn't stop the game. They didn't stop the game. They take him off the field and they keep going. There was a player back in, I think it was the late 50s, early 60s uh, on the Detroit Lions who had a heart attack during the game and died on the field. Ooh. And they continued the game. Oh, my god! <laughs> they finished the game. So, I didn't realize an NFL player had ever died on the field. It's been a long time. I wow. think it was a, I think the hmm. cause for that one was like an undiagnosed blockage in an artery. Like it was like a normal mm-hmm. heart attack. This is something totally different. Is it just cardiac arrest? Well, you know, and it's, it's important to hear the explanation because the, otherwise the speculation begins. Oh yeah. And you know? that- I mean, that's all I want. I want to hear the explanation of a healthy 24 year old who has cardiac arrest on the field for no reason and then, you know, and it sounds reasonable. Okay, that does happen. And and then you don't have the speculation going on that it's, you know, and, whatever. And look, we all know what happens to people on social media when you speculate um, uh, on stuff like this. But, like, it should, you should, A, should be able to speculate. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it, it may... This is an initial report from a doctor who was watching it on television, right? Yeah. And there's and, and and look, I think we are at the point with uh, all of the stuff that wherever you are on it, mm-hmm. when it comes to you know, obviously like there's a lot of speculation about the vaccine and all that. Mm-hmm. Wherever you are on it, you're going to remain there. No amount of evidence is going to push you one iota of a of an inch in any direction. I, I think that's where everybody is. So I I don't know. If there's all that much value, but. I do think all that stuff should be, everything should be looked at. Like, mm-hmm. this is the type of story that, like, we will get a lot of initial reports and people will find what they want to find. Uh, they will also not find what they don't want to find. Like, everyone's going to find in these initial reports kind of something that supports what they believe, I think. 
That being said, over a long period of time, you do get, I think, real reporting on this and real information, and hopefully we find more answers. Because I think everyone has quite, like, it's a very strange incident, and it's not something that mm-hmm. I think it, it is. You know, really weird. Very weird, and understandable that people would have questions. I, uh-huh. I do, like, whether this was the uh, Commodio Cordis or something else, like, we know that does exist. It has, it does happen to players. It does mm-hmm. happen to people in car accidents. You know, it happens, obviously, to at least, I feel like it's like the, uh, the, you got to x-ray your candy type of thing. I don't know if it happened like one time or if it was like common, but I know that my kid looked like a football player on the mound uh, playing little league ball uh, <laughs> while kids were hitting T-balls at three miles an hour uh, toward him. Uh, for some reason, I assume at some point mm-hmm. uh, this was a concern. So, you know, you look at this stuff and we won't, we're never going to get, we're never going to get answers that please everybody to the stuff. I think what's interesting though is there has <laughs> been a, a long time fear in the NFL that this could be the type of thing that everyone's sitting around their television, having a nice family moment, watching an NFL game and someone drops dead on the field because maybe more of like a really rough hit or something else. Like, I think that was more of the fear, right? Someone just gets absolutely destroyed and hits their head and, and dies, right? Like something of that nature. But like the NFL has been terrified of this. There was a profile of, of Roger Goodell, that who's the uh, commissioner of the NFL, and he the 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 title of it was like Roger Goodell is terrified that someone's going to die on the field during a game, like that was the title of the profile. Like this is like their well, they've had they've had to battle the CTE thing for years now, and I think that yeah. scared the crap out of them. And so yeah, somebody dying on the field, can you imagine that that could conceivably shut down the NFL? It's and it's the type of thing that. The, there are a lot of enemies of the, of the NFL. This mm-hmm. is a, uh, a a masculine game. It is a, uh, a, a a a part of our culture that is it is literally called American football, right? It is that mm-hmm. key to the culture of the United States. It is the most watched show every year. It is the most watched show every week. It is uh, as central to the American culture as anything else. It is that big of a deal. And if you don't think that there are plenty of enemies towards something that is that central to our culture, especially, I mean, like the left wants to shut down everything that is American culture. Did you see the movie on, what was it called? Concussion? Yeah, with Will Will Smith. Yeah. Yeah. I I mean, they make the point in there. They own a day of the week. Yeah. yeah. I mean, they do. And so... uh, And it was, you know, it was the day of the week that was previously owned by God. Right. Yes. (laughs) Exactly They're telling of the story. Yeah. (laughs) You know, And it's, they own it so much that... College football won't do their ball games on Sunday. Yeah, they when they're on January first. January first is supposed to be college football bowl day, and instead they moved it to Monday yesterday mm-hmm. uh, because of NFL football. That's it is incredible. It's uh, amazing. You know our 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 church has three services, and it's like it was nine, uh, ten thirty, and noon. I think were the three times. Yeah, and. I don't know, a couple of years ago, they shifted it to 8.30, 10, and 11.30. So that and you could avoid the I swear uh, that's why they did it. Time. I bet. swear they wanted, because it, 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 we're in central time, by the way, so the, the NFL games start at noon. <laughs> and I got to tell you, I make the decision of which one we go to 
based on when you know, like the Eagles are playing <laughs> at noon, which they were this past weekend. You're going at eight thirty. I'm not going at eleven thirty. No, I'm going to ten or eight thirty because <laughs> I, you know, like I mean, you know, I don't know if I'm proud of that, but like, hey, if I can get both of them done, you know, why, why wouldn't I? And I swear because when they had it at uh, eleven, uh-huh. or you know, it was uh, yeah, it was eight. No, it was ten, they had it at 10.30. So the 10.30 one would end at, you know, 11.45, and then you're, like, jamming your foot on the gas to get home in time for the start of the games. And, you know, I don't know how many car accidents were caused by this. All of them. All of them. All car accidents And were now we have to wear chest protectors when yeah. we drive. Which Triple eight seven two seven beck it's Pat and Stu for Glenn on the Glenn Beck program. He's back tomorrow. I'm emotionally scarred from this Little League presentation that I, I received as a coach back, back in the day. Because it was the only reason this, when I heard this term and they started describing it, the only reason I remembered it was from this presentation. It was before the... Was this it? is the Commodio Cordis thing? Commodio Cordis. Where your heart stops due to blunt force. Blunt force, hard, hard object, right in the right spot at the right time. And so they did this presentation, and this is Texas Little League, right? Yeah, so you know that they're running up against a lot of flack for right. this. Like Texas Little Nobody League, nobody wants like, to wear a chest protector. Uh, even their ch- they don't want their kids wearing a chest protector yeah. when they're pitching. No, and and, and this is it wasn't stupid. even pitching, Pat. It was t- it was t-ball. There's oh my even, gosh, you're kidding! Yeah, it's t-ball, t-ball, and, and you know, and you've watched t-ball <laughs> before. Like the kids I mean, I don't hate hit T-ball to begin with, right. and then you put the tre- chest protector on the kid at first at, at on the mound on the mound. Yeah, come on. And they did this presentation. And it was like wow. It, it was not so only, first of all, it's a rubber ball, right? It's a rubberized. It's a hard, ball. yeah, harder rubberized yeah. ball. And then secondly, the ball's being hit about half a mile an hour yes. back to the if they can reach mound. the mound if, with yeah, the ball, it was like can. a big play. Yeah, you know. Um, I mean, only the best kids can get it back to the mouth. <laughs> right. But they were like uh, intense oh, about it man. to the point that they said if because they know. I mean, look, Texas parents are like, come on, rub yeah, some dirt right. in it. Yeah. And so they said, if you are caught with not having your kid with a chest protector on the mound, not only will you be uh, your you will be removed from the league as a coach. My gosh. And your kid will be, uh, you know, I don't know. Put in jail. Ejected. Put in prison. <laughs> thrown in, thrown in, be, in, in a dungeon. I don't know. It was something Your like that. Your kid will be bussed directly to Huntsville. <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> Guantanamo. I think it was Guantanamo. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, That's even better. <laughs> but they were freaking serious about it. I mean, it was like a length. That was the central thing I remember from it. Because, of course, wow. as a kid, you're, you're, or as a parent of a young kid, you're terrified of every little thing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you don't want them falling over and hitting their head on the corner of a table. So you've got like every... You know, as they grow mm-hmm. up. But like, I remember that thing thinking to myself, what are they talking about? I had never heard of it before. I mean, I, you know, I played I'm, Little League all no. when I was a kid and no, it was not even a consideration. No. But so it is, you know, look, it is a rare thing. So it must have happened at some point, yeah. right? And, and even like, in T-ball, maybe. Yeah, it must have been. Or you know, some level of baseball to justify this. I, I mean, don't. That, that's why your lawnmower says don't low, don't <laughs> mow your lawn on the roof or snowblower. You know, snowblower. Yeah, don't, don't snow the snowblower on roof. Yeah, yeah. yeah. somebody's done Somebody it. Somebody did in it. The past. Some brilliant person did it. By the way, that seems like yeah. a, an actually a really good idea. It's dumb. Uh, but uh, yeah, they they. <clears throat> it's one of those things that scars you as a parent as you get into that because you're like, what? Wait, you're saying what could happen? Is it okay for me? And look, if you don't think of that tackle football around the country is going to take a massive hit from what happened last night, I'm talking for kids. It is. It's going. To, I. I yeah, it you know, is. we've been on the fence on this because you know, look, there's. I played tackle football as a kid. 
Me too. We all did, right? Mm -hmm. And in Texas, it is like a different thing. I played in Connecticut. In Texas, like seventh grade seems to be the year that literally every boy plays football. Like it's not even like, even if you don't like football, you just get on the team and play that one year as like a tradition. Yeah. And everybody plays tackle football. Flag football's grown in popularity as some of the health concerns have come out. And so they keep extending how long you can play flag football for a while. It was like till like fourth grade and it was fifth grade, sixth grade. Now it's like, I think all the way to eighth grade. But like, you know, my son desperately wants to play tackle football. My wife does not want my son to play tackle football. You know, and I, I don't want my, I don't want my kid to be, you know, I, I, just as a parent, like, God, if you put him in there and something happens, you're going to blame yourself for the rest of your life. Mm-hmm. But like, I guarantee mm-hmm. uh, it took a massive hit. Just people watching that game and watching that happen last night to, to protect their kids. There's going to be a lot of kid parents that want to bail on this. Back program. Pat and Stu for Glenn on the Glenn Beck program. Triple eight seven two seven B E C K. It looks like the first trans prisoner execution is about to take place. Never had one in the United States before. Now, finally, we've we've achieved equality. <laughs> right, right. That's, that's our, our right. goal, right? I, mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess. Okay. Unless Missouri Governor Mike Parson grants amnesty, uh, Amber McLaughlin, 49, will become the first transgender woman executed in the United States, scheduled to die by injection Tuesday for killing a former girlfriend in 2003. Uh, so there's no, apparently there's no court appeals pending or, or anything, so this might uh, actually happen. The petition also includes reports Citing a diagnosis of gender dysphoria. I thought that wasn't a thing anymore. I thought, I thought now, I, I guess only if it's a benefit to the trans person is it now a thing. But uh, gender dif- dysphoria is a condition that causes anguish and other symptoms as a result of a disparity between a person's gender identity and their assigned sex at birth. So that's what their, that's what their lawyer is is claiming now uh, that that they have gender dysphoria so you should grant clemency don't know if that's going to work uh i guess we'll see this is kind of a convoluted sort of upside down situation now yeah it's fascinating because i i thought the way that this the media handles this is when transgender people commit terrible crimes Mm -hmm. then you just say they're not really trans right like Uh, yeah that's what they did with the non-binary mass shooter right they were just like ah we don't believe them like, wait, wait, right, you've wait, been telling what? us for months and years, yeah. we're not allowed to not believe them. Exactly. It's only what they say about themselves. We can't, we can't determine their gender. It's impossible for us to do it. It's only what mm-hmm. they say it is. That's, that's your right. standard, not ours. <laughs> that's right. And then when the guy comes out, he's like, yeah, I'm non-binary. No, you're no, not. No, you're not. No. No, no, you're not. <laughs> no, we want you to be. La, 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 la. We want you to be a, I can't hear a, a you. white incel male. <laughs> so you are a white incel male. Wait, I thought only the person could determine this. That's not the, the way it works anymore. Well, even with George Santos, you know, the, the most popular and most incredible representative in all of Congress now. Uh, <laughs> now they're, they're asking if he's even gay. Oh, because really? Because he's openly gay. That's right. Right? But now, is he really gay? No, he was once married to a woman, so he's not gay. 
Oh, it's uh, all right. Fascinating because like they will none of this stuff means anything to any of them on the left or in the media. Like it, they don't care exactly right. at all they about don't care. Like we get to this point I think sometimes because <clears throat> of the drumbeat of these daily stories where we think Oh, gosh, they're so committed to this transgender cause, that X, Y, and Z. Well, mm-hmm. no, they're not committed at all to the transgender cause. They're committed up until the ex- uh, to the extent that it helps them at that moment. And then when the next moment, when they need to completely reverse their position and say the exact opposite of everything they've been saying, then they will do that. It's incredible. We've seen it with, with the, the women's rights stuff, right? Like Leah Thomas. No, of course Leah Thomas is a woman. Of course. How dare you question how you are inhuman. And then something happens where they have to say how important women are in sports. Mm-hmm. And then they just switch. Yep. They switch completely to now. All you should care about is how important women are in sports. And they get away with all that. Only women can get pregnant, you know. Remember yeah, that, remember that right, one? Yeah. It's like, oh, wait, you guys have been telling us forever that men can get pregnant now. Now only women can get pregnant again? It's like in this, whatever. If it suits them, yes. ever helps them in a given moment. No question. Is all they will do. And this is why I think, like, you know, there's, there's sort of this divide on the conservative side as to whether, you know, to, to boil it down, maybe, is whether you stick with your principles or you embrace their tactics. Right? Mm-hmm. Whether you just say, screw mm-hmm. it, they are constantly being hypocrites. Let's also be hypocrites, right? Like, and and while I don't like that approach, you know, I do. The in moments like this, you understand why it exists. You can understand why someone would say, you know what? I don't care. I don't care if we're going to sound exactly like them and we're flip flopping on something we said five minutes ago. It's what helps us at this moment. And if they're using that tactic, we should use that tactic. I can understand people making that argument, and it's almost that overt. Yeah. Just do it. Just mm-hmm. do it. Who cares whether whether it connects with your underlying principles or not? Now, a bigger part of me says you should care, right? Like you, should, you mm-hmm. I don't want to be them. I don't want to be them whether we win or lose a battle here or there or not. I, I don't want to be them. I can't. I can't live with myself. I can't live with myself if I if I turn out like MSNBC in the end. But I can understand why people want to do it. You know, the fighting fire with fire thing is is an understandable instinct at this point. This is incredible. Yeah, it is. Yeah. It, it, it is. And in this George Santos uh, situation, yes, reading a little wait, bit talking more about, about that yesterday. The, uh, no, wait, I want to make sure you understand. Uh-huh. This is the first openly gay <laughs> right. congressman elected as a Republican and a non-incumbent. Exactly. Thank mm-hmm. you. Thank you. Yes. And he apparently lied about certain aspects of his life. Yes. And so... You know, yesterday I was a little, I, I maybe flippant about how big a deal it was. Mm-hmm. I mean, the guy has lied extensively, though. Yeah. And just completely misrepresented his life right. to his constituents. And that's what they voted on, yeah. you know, based on the things he said, I guess. Oh, this is not a good story. It's not a good story <laughs> for Republicans at all. I thought we were clear yesterday. Yeah, maybe we I weren't. know. But like, it, this is really bad. And it is you bad. shouldn't do it. It's, right. I, I I think the thing I'm most fascinated about is how it was not uncovered beforehand. Like how it took so long, how there was yeah. not a, right. you know, I was. Uh, how did we find out only after the guy's elected? You didn't do any of this research before t- beforehand? 
Like, you know, you went to NYU. Why would you say that if you hadn't been there? Because you know people are going to look it up if you're a Republican. If you're a yeah. Republican, yes. the New York Times is going to go down to NYU and, or make a phone call and say, hey, was George Santos ever enrolled at NYU? And they're going to find out, no, he wasn't. And then that's going to look bad for you. It's a quite quite a commentary on the state of the media, though. I was, ta- I was talking to Doug Gowdy, our great affiliate WGY in Albany this morning. And, you know, his point was, how, where was, where, how come there was no, you know, local newspaper before this election occurred who had uncovered any of this? Where was... Exactly. And it's, it is fascinating, especially in tw- this day and age. Now, I know the media has, there's been a lot of cuts in the media. There's not as many local reporters and all of that. But, like, just considering how many people are obsessed with politics... And all the people that like are on the internet just tweeting for free, digging into every aspect of everybody's life all the time. Mm-hmm. You'd think this would be uncovered. It is remarkable. Number one, it wasn't uncovered. Number two, that he thought he could get away with it. Yeah, incredible. Like, uh, how can that be possible? He claimed until last Wednesday uh, that his mother, Fatima DeVolder, worked her way up to become the first female executive at a major financial institution, and that uh, she also worked in the South Tower of the World Trade Center, and that after the attack, she died a few years later, kind of implying that maybe it was something from the, you know, I don't know, fallout or the building or the uh, asbestos or something in the air that killed her. Uh, apparently, her his mother had never been anything but a, a, a cleaning woman. Um, so there's another massive lie. Uh, she only spoke Portuguese, uh, she was she was a cook and mm-hmm. and a cleaner. Uh, his roommates said that she was hardworking, but she she only uh, cleaned homes and sold food. None of those interviewed by the Times could recall any instance of her working in finance. Several chalked up the story to Santos' ten, tendency for myth making. Apparently, he was well known by his friends for just making stuff up. All the time. <laughs> Who has friends the like that? <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. Well, Jeffy, know. we do have friends. Yeah, well, Jeffy. that's true. Jeffy, yeah. I could definitely see doing something like this. He said he attended some prestigious private institution in the Bronx, the Horace Mann School, uh, and dropped out in 2006. There's no record of him ever attending that. This is the weird I mean, thing about amazing. this. it's amazing. It's oddly specific. Yeah, it is. Right? You know, so you could track it down and check it. You know, yeah, right. Like, Stupid to lie like that. Right. Like, if you could say, I, you know, I worked in finance. I went finance. to a private school. Yeah, I went to a private school. I, w- I was in finance. Like, mm-hmm. that, that would be difficult to track down. To, I mean, who even knows what the Horace Mann School is, right? Like, you'd have to. Right. Have, Unless you live in New York. Right. And I'm sure. It's fairly well known. Right. The, um. The it reminds me of um, Catch Me If You Can, the, mo- the Leonardo oh, yeah. DiCaprio movie. Where yeah, but that was the '60s, you know. Yeah, it was a little harder to track things down without the internet. Exactly, but like he was, that was what he was doing. He would have these very specific backstories that he told to people to fool them and and to manipulate them. Um, and I, you know, it, it was a great documentary. Uh, but uh, <laughs> I didn't think Leo did that stuff. But it's like. In 2023, and I guess he didn't get away with it, right? I mean, he hasn't even been sworn in yet, and he's already under lots of pressure to resign. But today's the day. Yeah. And I think, uh, look, the most likely thing, especially with the type of margins in the House we're talking about, is normally, I think, in a normal situation, he would get so much pressure that they probably, the Republicans would be like, ah. Remove him. Remove him. You should resign. They would put pressure on him internally. With a five-seat majority... I, I, I will not be surprised if he makes it through this. 
every once in a while this happens, you know, like the candidates go through like really crazy stuff. It seems like they're going to, to resign. But, but, but let's be clear. Democrats wouldn't resign over this. No, they wouldn't, they wouldn't even acknowledge it again. Look what Biden is light about his entire life. Mm-hmm. I mean, we knew that during the first uh, presidential campaign he ran back in 1988 when he claimed that he graduated with three degrees. He had one. He claimed that he was at the top of his class. He was near the bottom. Mm-hmm. He was certainly in the bottom third of his class. Uh, he claimed all kinds of things that just weren't true, and he even admitted it. There was a we played this a, a few weeks ago on uh, on my show, Pack Ray Unleashed, that w- where he's admitting back then to exaggerating to make a point, and he said he does it all the time. Yeah, well, and he does. And I, it, but it's okay for him, right? Because he's folksy, right? And it's funny because like that's essentially the defense of what we were just describing from the friends of George Santos, who were saying like, look, you know, he's just a, he just makes lots of stuff up. He's always making stuff up, like that. He, that is essentially Biden's fifty-year excuse for this problem. Yeah, no, that's just Joe being Joe. Joe being Joe. You know, yes, he lies. He makes stuff mm-hmm. up all the time. He describes personal memories from his life that but it's, didn't exist. It's charming. What was the thing where you remember back? I guess this was. I can't remember which campaign he's run for. He's ran, he's so, ran many so many times. times. But it was the uh, Katie's. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Restaurant, was it? Yes. Katie's restaurant, his uh, hometown that had been closed for decades. And yeah. I can't remember the details of it. But like he every single time this man has run uh, for any office, he has he has been in a controversy where he's made up multiple things. Mm-hmm. Remember, it was, uh, the other one was, uh, I mean, he was talked about the, uh, it was one of the presidents making a speech on TV. He remembered seeing it and the TV oh, had yeah, been invented. Oh, yeah, 1929. Yeah, he watched uh, FDR in 1929 or something. <laughs> it's like, oh, it had been invented. Yeah. all of those things. I mean, he's had, I mean, I wouldn't, I don't think it's an exaggeration to say he's had at least 100 of those moments that oh, are I the equivalent that, or yeah. more or worse than anything George Santos did. Definitely. And no one cared. Definitely. No one cared. They were all just little quirks. Oh, Joe Biden, he, he occasionally does go off the rails a little bit, but we <laughs> love him. And that's why we give him a big Joe Biden hug. Oh, we love yeah. good old Uncle Joe. George Santos is Satan, however. Mm-hmm. And, and let's write, what has there been? Eight Eight pieces in the New York Times about this guy. Easy. Who, again, yeah, was, uh, if you did not live in New York, I guarantee you had never heard his name before. You, you had never heard mm-hmm. of him before the New York Times started flying reporters to Brazil to look at court records from when he was a teenager. Incredible. Really Hunter amazing. Biden. He gave you a laptop with every <laughs> single interaction he has had mm-hmm. over multiple years, which included him with hookers, with drugs, with potentially shady business dealings. Yep. You had all of it and you ignored it for at least a year before you even admitted it really was a laptop of Hunter and Biden. Then, even after you admit it, you continue to ignore it. Yep. Triple eight seven two seven B E C K. More coming up. The Glenn Back Program. It's Pat and Stuper Glenn on the Glenn Beck Program. Triple eight seven two seven B E C K. Hey, over the break, uh, did you see what Michelle Obama had to say about Barack? 
Uh, fascinating. I think she was on, was she on the coven? Uh, you know, the view with the little coven that they have. <laughs> the coven. They get the witch's brew in the middle of it. And, and then they you know, had Michelle in there talking to him uh, about, you know, the past. I, people think I'm being catty by saying this. It's like there were 10 years well, I couldn't stand my husband. Yeah. You know? <laughs> wait, wait, what? That's so great. I mean, and the first thing that comes to mind is, well, okay, well, great. We got some common ground with you that I didn't think we ever had. <laughs> That's, That's a sort of bipartisanship I didn't know yeah, existed. Yeah. We I, also could couldn't stand, stand your, your husband. husband. And as a matter of fact, still can't. You say that. You <laughs> say that. years. And guess when it happened? When uh, those kids were little, right? Oh, right. Right. Yes. Because, right. When you were like, you know, you can he was be a senator and you were coming into the yeah. White House? Right. And the first years of the presidency, they were little. So that's when you couldn't stand him? Interesting. I wish we had that's that information something? back in the day. It's interesting. Know. Fascinating. Why would you ever say that in public about your husband when you're both so high profile? Oh, really it. bizarre. But that's who she is. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Uh, I'm interested in the uh, human composting story. It's really, yeah. I, I mean, you got some bodies, or you've been looking to get rid of, maybe improve the I, soil. I mean, yeah, uh, the soil improvement will be significant. I think with with human compost. Yeah, I, I, yeah. It's... I mean, what's the next step on this? Soylent, soylent green. You know, it's it's people. It, it's people. Seconds. Yeah, I don't have don't have my machine uh, turned up, but. Uh, it is people, and we learned that, what, 50 years ago exactly. In a documentary. From, yeah, in the documentary Soylent Green. So we'll be eating people soon. I mean, if they can't push the bugs down our throat, they'll try to push cannibalism down our throat. It's coming. It's coming. Just incredible, the uh, lack of respect for human life and and humans' death, for that matter. You'd turn us into a compost? Morally, wow. if I had to choose between uh, cannibalism and bugs, I would pick bugs. bugs. But, Me too. Uh, but taste-wise, I think the experience I might pick, I might pick, might pick cannibalism. <laughs> uh, the bug thing, the, all the legs and uh. ugh. Coming up in the year 2023 for us, we'll give you a well. We'll give you all the important information on that uh, from people who apparently know and have predicted our future. Let you know what that is in less than 60 seconds. It's Pat and Stu. Uh, got some predictions for the coming year from. Some people I, oh, I wouldn't normally expect predictions from. Like, uh, you remember Dmitry Medvedev? 
Oh yeah, he was former president of Russia. Yeah, he was the guy who uh, I remember President Obama yes. talking to, and, right. and President Obama mentioned uh, he had a lot more uh, flexibility after the election for whatever shady thing they were discussing. Mm-hmm. Uh, he also was the guy who there was a time where. There was a Russian constitution. I don't think you can really make the case there is one anymore. But the Russian constitution said you can only have two terms in a row. So they went Putin, Putin, and then they went Medvedev for one term mm-hmm. as like the puppet. Yep. And then they went right back to Putin again. Right. And then Putin was like, this is stupid. No more of this. So then they canceled that whole clause. And now he can just stay in there forever. Yeah. So now apparently he's into, um, I don't know, psychic predictions. Really? Yeah. He has said, let's see, for Europe and Asia... There will be a Fourth Reich created this year, encompassing the territory of Germany, Poland, and uh, the Baltic states, uh, the Czech Republic, Slovakia, and the Kiev Republic. What is the, is, is he talking about Ukraine I there? think he's denying Ukraine as a country, uh, basically. Yeah. Okay, right. so, and other outcasts will join that Fourth Reich. Uh, he also... <clears throat> had several other predictions related to the economic and financial uh, situation, including that oil prices will rise to $150 a barrel. Gas will top uh, $5 per thousand cubic meters. No way to tell what that is because it's the metric system. And, and there's no way to know. <laughs> there's uh, no way to know? No way to know. Is it no. that you just don't know? Or no, that, no, 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 no. It's just no way to tell with the metric system. It's a mystery. You can't get there from here? Can't There's get no there. conversion? Exactly okay. right. Mm-hmm. Uh, he also claimed that all the largest stock markets and financial activity will leave the U.S. and Europe and move to Asia. Further, mm. the Bretton Woods system of monetary management will collapse, leading the IMF and World Bank to crash. Euro and the dollar will stop. Circ- they're going to stop circulating this year as the global reserve currencies. <laughs> Digital fiat currencies will be actively used instead. Uh, for Europe, he's, he claimed that the UK will rejoin the European Union, leading to its downfall. Hmm. That would be an unusual circumstance. They just left it. Now they're going to want back in, I guess. And he says the EU will collapse after the UK's return. Euro will drop out of use as the former EU currency. Poland and Hungary will take control of Western parts of what he says is the formerly existing Ukraine, while Northern Ireland will separate from the UK and join the Republic of Ireland. Uh, <laughs> this is really interesting. It? Yeah, it is. It is. War will break out between France and the Fourth Reich which has been yet to be created, but will be this year, I guess. Europe will be divided. Poland repartitioned in the process. Now, for America, he says that the U.S. uh, civil war will break out in the U.S. in the coming year. He claims California and Texas will break apart from the rest of the country and become independent states. Texas and Mexico will form an allied state. Ha! Yeah, I don't uh, see unlikely that. As someone who lives here, <laughs> yeah, it feels a tad unlikely. It does. Mm-hmm. And Elon Musk will win the presidential election in a number of states, which, after the Civil War's end, will have been given to the GOP. Wow. Uh, what a soothsayer he seems to be. Now, I I have um, <clears throat> a couple minor problems okay. with that. Um, 
Elon Musk was born in South Africa, wasn't he? Yes. Like, so he would not be constitutionally eligible to win the presidency of the United States. Th- that's correct. But I mean, I, I guess but with maybe all these after changes, the Civil War, right, though, there's so yeah, many changes. That. Maybe we just get rid of that clause. Exactly. And, you know, look, Russia has a lot of good information, uh, and mm-hmm. they they tell it in a very pleasant way. Usually, you know, did you see? Mm-hmm. Did you watch the Russian New Year celebration? Were you? I did not uh, this year. Uh, this was the first time. Something going on. First with your time D- in about a decade. I haven't been glued so, to the screen. Something wrong with your DVR? Watch, yeah, or? Yes. Yeah. My. I think my satellite went down. Really? Yeah. I think okay. That's that what that might be what happened. Um, yeah. Because I, of course, did watch it as I as I do every year to mm-hmm. make sure I understand what's really going on. Because, okay. as you know, Russia is really the center of the universe. It's not. Sure. We're not us. It's Russia. Russia makes all the decisions. They they prop up the rest of the world. Yeah. And uh, that's what I learned. <clears throat> and then there's some other things I learned, and also some really catchy songs I <laughs> I heard while watching the Russian New Year. I think we have a clip of it, and I, we'll try to walk you through. This is in Russian. Um, okay. But I think you'll just enjoy it. For the so. few people who don't speak Russian. There are a few in our audience. We did, we did some research recently. Up to 3% of this audience does not speak fluent Russian. <laughs> so there is... Okay. okay. Oh! Wow. Very yeah. happy music, isn't it? Yeah. This is not a country at war. This no. Is a happy country. <laughs> now, <laughs> it's so cheesy to see. It's an amazing... Okay, here's some commentary. My New Year's toast will this year will be an, a bit unusual. During the past year, the West tried to destroy Russia. Mm-hmm. That's what happened. No, yeah. They didn't realize that in the composition of the world, Russia is the load-bearing structure. Oh, <laughs> which I didn't know. Wow, I, that's why I realized that. He's right about that. Yes, gentlemen, uh-huh. like it or not, Russia is enlarging. <laughs> That's how they describe the war. All right. So, okay, it's enlarging. It's not a war. Oh, and then, and then back to the music. Happy, very happy, happy music. Look how happy they are. Oh, yeah, they're thrilled. Look at the dance. <laughs> now this is from this year, right? Yeah, this is this year. This is not 1962. No, it is that of that style, though. I mean, you could see this. You could see uh, those old school like variety show performers yeah. in the middle of this. Uh, and this is embarrassing. It's so bad, and everybody in the audience with these like giant smiles <laughs> and. The cheesy lighting and oh, it's oh gosh, it's so a bad. Terrible production. I wonder what life in Russia is like because obviously, like the battle is being fought largely in Ukraine, yeah. right? So like yeah. their life is turned completely upside down. And but the Russians, Russians generally speaking, are I mean they're having financial struggles by some measures, <laughs> but like you know life is sort of normal for them. They're kind of just like. That's all way over there in that other country that wow. will soon be part of our enlargement. <laughs> so there you go. In case you happen to miss it, wow. The Russian New Year's did did wow. did go on. Uh, it's interesting they didn't they didn't give any helpful uh, safety tips to the Russian oligarchs though. Like stay away from windows. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Russian oligarchs, businessmen, politicians mm. uh, continue to fall out windows to their That's deaths. Terrible. Uh, out hospital windows, windows at their homes, and uh, by the droves, literally dozens have died. Generals, oligarchs. All it just them. happened again the other day where a lawmaker, one of the Russian lawmakers, fell out his window and died. 
Now, this is all coincidence, but well, yeah. many of them are against the regime. That is a They've coincidence. Coincidentally, that is true. All of those who fall out windows mm-hmm. have been critical of Putin and the war. So I would <laughs> say if you've been critical of Putin and the war, stay away from windows. Yeah. You know, unless you're on the ground floor, then it's probably not as bad. Not as bad. But man, they are clumsy in, in Russia. It's fascinating. Yeah, I, I, you know, every once in a while, today is the big uh, McCarthy vote. We'll give you updates on that as it as it comes, and and mm-hmm. whether they can come up with a house uh, a speaker of the house. But it's like it, we do have our challenges here in the mm-hmm. country. But like every once yes. in a while, you look around the world, you're like, whoa! Wow, it's like, still. Did, did you follow the Peru stuff at all? No. What happened in Peru? No, I don't think so. There's a president of Peru. I, this, I'm going to butcher this story. If you if you're like, I know my Peruvian politics, <laughs> I will definitely butcher this. But. My quick reading of it, this is over the past few weeks. One day, President Peru comes in. He's about to be impeached. I guess they tried to impeach him multiple times because they he was a, a farmer with no political experience. Mm-hmm. And he, uh, I guess the government at the time was sort of pro-market. They were, you know, again, not for U.S. standards, but like yeah. was an evil right-wing government to some of the people and mm-hmm. this a socialist sort of opposition pops up this guy's a farmer he has no experience somehow wins the presidency gets in and is a, like from day one a complete catastrophe like he's just he's you know all sorts of corruption and everything else they try to they try to throw him out of office multiple times uh and they're finally getting to the vote where he's actually going to get kicked out of office like that day he wakes up they're going to kick him out of office later that day in an impeachment vote, theoretically. He then wakes up, goes on TV, and has a speech. He's like, hey, I've dissolved the government. <laughs> <laughs> no longer counts. Nothing they do today counts. So he dissolves the government. Okay. Then. Did that work? Uh, it did not work. Oh, okay. It did not work. The, uh, the, uh, the government was like, no, you can't just dissolve the government. <clears throat> the military is really kind of what these things often come down to, sides with the lawmakers, okay. not the president. They come in, they pull him out of office, throw him in prison over a period of four hours from the be- his speech on TV to him being in prison, four hours. Wow. And you wow. think to yourself... I. Wow. It is. At least we have more stability than that. Like I, now, look, is it is it totally out of the question that Biden would come on TV in an hour and dissolve the government? No, no. I, it's definitely possible. <laughs> but like even when you look at like January 6th, which was a really, you know, terrible, crappy day uh, in American history, uh, dis- despite what. Well, it was the day democracy that's right. almost died. <laughs> no, it, that's, that's not what happened. I, like, despite the nonsense that has been made of it out of the media, like it was a riot at the Capitol. It was an ugly uh-huh. day. Yeah. Some people were very, very naughty that day. Yes. Um, was it the day that democracy almost died? No, it was not. <laughs> it was the day democracy was fine. In a few hours, we didn't have the president removed, and we just went along with the process. It took a few hours of delay, and the normal process went forward. In Peru... They went from the guy was president to the guy was in prison within a four hour period. Like that is that's a day. That's incredible. Yeah, that's they're and, getting they're getting stuff done. That, 
We've dissolved more governments by 9 a.m. than most countries do in a lifetime. It's, and you're, well, right. At least, well, actually, a lot of countries dissolve their governments. A lot of countries go through this stuff. America has been pretty good at avoiding it. We do have our challenges. And and, and I will say, I don't know what you think what's, as far as the McCarthy thing goes today, Speaker of the House. I don't know what's going to happen there. They uh, think it might go to a second vote for the first time since 1923. Yeah. 100 years. Yeah. 100 years. I expect that to be true. It actually went to nine votes in 1923. So, And that's the process. Again, we're not perfect. The process seems to be, correct me if I'm wrong, Pat, they come up, they have a Speaker of the House vote, Mm -hmm. and if they don't get somebody, they vote again. And if they don't get someone that time, they vote again. And if they don't get someone that time, they vote again. And they continue this process of just voting again. In until they infinity, get one, till they get a 218 they, vote uh, majority. And yeah. until then, none of the people who were just elected can be sworn in until they have a Speaker of the House. So none of these people actually are sworn in as official members of Congress. If I'm understanding the process right, which I will say yeah. it's a bit convoluted. It could be a long day for them. It and really I think could. it could go on It could for go a week. on for days. Yeah. You know what I mean? I, I think, you know, what's the process here? You have a five-seat majority. They're not going to give it to a Democrat. So it's going to be, in theory, a Republican. The Republicans right. have McCarthy, Kevin McCarthy, who I keep calling Andy McCarthy, who is uh, not only an actor from that back in the so day. That's so weird. That's the same thing I want to do. I, I want to do. I don't know why. Yeah. And also, he's a writer at National Review. So they're uh. both, everybody's... <laughs> the Andy McCarthy, I, I want that to be his name. He should change his name he to Andy. Should. Then he'd win the vote. I think <laughs> people might think, well, are you the guy from Weekend at Bernie's? Um, I well, don't know. then yes. I'm voting yes. Yeah, I'm voting yes. But mm-hmm. like... What's the path? Let's just let's talk about what the path is if they don't get this vote with McCarthy here, because I don't know where you go. It's going to be an interesting one. If I don't know how they're going to do it. Back in uh, sixty seconds. It's Pat and Stu for Glenn Triple Eight Seven Two Seven B E C K. You know the other interesting thing about the vote for the Speaker of the House, you don't have to be a member of Congress no. to be Speaker of the House. That's right. For instance, and this went around a while ago, you, you could actually vote uh, Donald Trump in. As Speaker of the House. You could. You could. Uh, so maybe if it went five or six or seven rounds, they still don't have a winner. Somebody suggests, hey, let's make Trump the the Speaker. And maybe they get it then. I, I, I wouldn't count on that. Yeah, I would say it's highly unlikely. Yeah, highly unlikely, yes. But it Jeffy is, could could be voted in Speaker of the House. He could be. He could be. He. I don't think he's running currently. He's not. He, he did run for Pope, I remember, one year. Right. He did not get that either. No, he uh, didn't. So that's... Uh, I think Catholic... Consider themselves fairly lucky and fortunate that that didn't happen. <laughs> oh, I think the yeah, whole world I think, I think goes that so. way. Uh, if, so if, if Kevin McCarthy does not get the vote, I still think that's probably the most likely scenario in that he maybe that he fails wins. once, but then they just keep voting and eventually he gets it. Yeah, because people just want to go home. Right. I just want to go home. Yeah. Kevin McCarthy, whatever. And like my my reactionary sort of thought on this is... I want someone more conservative. I want someone who's... Uh, yeah, we're like, just not going to get it. It's going to be tough with this sort of Congress, right? Mm-hmm. With five votes, there are plenty of... I mean, there are pro, probably more pro-choice Republicans in Congress that would be able to to stop someone more conservative. Like, you have mm-hmm. moderates who have to get on board here. So you have to find someone going down the middle. Well, how do you do that? Well, they're going to try it with McCarthy, see if that works. I think the most likely step after that, if they if they give up on that approach, is Steve Scalise, mm. who I think is more. Mm. I, again, I don't think any. But he's not are, running. He's not now. He'd have to throw himself into the right, and that would be after failures. Yeah, you know. Yeah. But if they if they don't get 
McCarthy, I think Scalise is the most likely guy. They can't, like, you know, we talked to Andy Biggs, who who's running as well. But, like, there, there's no way you're going to get consensus on someone like that. You're not going to be able to get a, mm-hmm. you know, someone who's seen as this, like, freedom, freedom caucus type of guy. It's just not going to happen because you're not going to get the people who are on the left wing of the party on board. Same thing that happens if you pick some, you know, moderate on the left. You're never going to get someone on the other side. Uh, conservatives to go along with it. you have to get literally everybody so they have to try to find that midpoint they this is what they did with paul ryan if you remember back in the day now paul ryan his his uh, sort of profile on the right has changed over the years like i like early early paul ryan is like early radiohead you know they, I, I was i was a big fan I, you know mm-hmm. i like the early radiohead stuff and it, they, mm-hmm. eventually they got weird and that's kind of like paul ryan like uh, later on it got weird yeah. But like his early stuff was great. And he was still at that moment where he was seen as, you know, sort of, you know, relatively conservative member, even after running with Romney and acceptable to a lot of conservatives and then acceptable enough to moderates. And so they went along with it and kind of split the difference. But that was a difficult process to find that person. And I don't know that that person exists now. You know, it's interesting that you, you bring up the conservatives who have sort of drifted to, to the middle. It never goes the other way. It never goes like, yeah. you know, you're somewhat liberal or maybe in the center, but you go more conservative the longer you're in Washington. I can't think of a single instance of that happening, both <laughs> in the Supreme Court and Congress. Yeah. Has now, that ever happened? The, the only one, the only name that comes to mind, and it doesn't hit either of your two categories there, but the only person who seems to get more conservative over time is Clarence Thomas. <laughs> yes. He's the one guy. Yes. And thank God, protect, Love him. put him in a, her- a hermetically sealed bubble and protect him Yes, uh, for, for, from now until the end of time. But like, even like in the Supreme Court, even Scalia, you look at his voting record, mm-hmm. it even becomes slightly more liberal over time. It does, does it's happen a lot. Bizarre. It's the opposite of what happens with regular people, too. Uh-huh. Because regular people usually start Become off liberal and get more conservative. And then if you yep. get elected, it happens the opposite way. Why is that? Washington just corrupts them. 888-727-BECK or Pat and Stu for Glenn coming up. The Glenn Back Program. It's Pat and Stu for Glenn on the Glenn Back Program. Glenn's back tomorrow morning. Uh, Joe Biden just recently said uh, that he has cancer. Wait, what is this breaking news then? Or here's uh, the way he said it. You had to put on your windshield wipers to get literally the oil slick off the window. Mm-hmm. That's why I and so damn many other people I grew up have cancer, and Wait. why I can't for the longest time. Delaware had the highest cancer rate in the nation. Wait, okay, that's why you and so many other damn people have cancer. <laughs> that's what he said. But the excuse from the White House is, no, he doesn't have cancer. You're misrepresenting what he said. (laughs) No, we are taking what he said at face value. He used the present tense. That's why I and so many other damn people have cancer. Why are these people damned? I, do we, I'm do we not know sure. why? That's unclear, too. That's unclear. That's like sad. Else it is sad. It is sad. And I'm not sure if he's damning them uh, or if he has knowledge that they've been damned by a higher authority. That I, I don't know. <laughs> well, I don't know. I will say I'm, I, I've come to the conclusion that Joe Biden is occasionally imprecise in his speech. What? Yeah. <laughs> when did that 
I mean, <laughs> kind of revelation. Yeah. I don't, I mean, I don't mean to just blurt that out. I should have told people to pull over to the side of the road, yeah. be prepared for a real. Oh, right, because that's a shocker. Wave. That's yeah. a shocker. But that's true. It's like, uh, I mean, that's what he said, right? Yeah, it's what he said. Now, they're saying what he said is that he had cancer before he became president. He had some skin cancer removed. Okay. I'm sorry, but that is a total misrepresentation of what he actually said. They continue to just. Look us in the face and lie to us. It really, that part of this experience with Biden as president really has the 1984 echoes. Like, they are really, yeah. like, they often try to convince you two plus two is five. They often Off, try. Almost every day. Yeah. Like, Corinne Jean-Pierre will, will just say the audio you heard was not real. Didn't happen. Yeah. Didn't happen. I've often said on my show, they, they it's like they look at you in the eye and say, I am not here. Mm -hmm. And you're supposed to believe them. Yeah. No, I'm I, I'm looking at you. No, you're not. I am not here. Well, yes, you are. I, I can see you. No, I am not here. That That's what they do every day to yeah. us. Every day. Biggest liars in the world. But maybe that's why... Maybe this is the revelation of why he's so hell-bent on curing cancer, which he continually says. If I'm elected president, you're going to see the single most is. important thing that changes in America is we're going to cure cancer. Okay. Uh, you think I'm yeah! yeah! A completely fraudulent <laughs> promise about curing a, a disease. And he's, he's mentioned it since multiple times. Multiple times. Just a few months ago, he said it again. That's why, actually, Pat, I created the website HasJoeBidenCuredCancer.com. You did create that website, yes. didn't you? Well, c can you look it up now? Oh, yeah. And sure. see if maybe he has ca cured cancer. We just haven't heard about it. Because he said the single... Okay, I hadn't heard that clip in a while. The single most important change you're going to notice... Right. ...is that we are going to cure cancer. <laughs> that, that would be a big change that, that we That would be notice. big. Yeah. I will say, like, he has a lot of bad policies. I don't think he's a good president. If he came out with a beaker... And was like, it's all cured. There it is. I think I might vote for him. Yeah, I know. You know, I think that's I the type of thing. When my, it, it's more important to me than even tax policy, Pat. Yeah. You know, yes. if he actually cured cancer himself. That would be a big deal. I would say I would consider it. I, I would that consider... would be some brownie points in his favor. <laughs> yeah. I guarantee you. A that. lot of people would be helped by that. Yeah. But that's why I created Has Joe Biden Cured Cancer. But you know what? The, to use that as an excuse that he was saying skin cancer. Nobody says, I've had skin cancer. You know, I've got this scar still here on my forehead to prove it. Glenn has had skin cancer. You don't say, I have cancer if it was skin cancer and it's already been removed. Do you? At least, I, I certainly don't. Maybe he does. And does he, I, is he saying he got skin cancer from what we, What was the... From the... Oh, yeah. From the oil. From the oil? Uh, the... You had to put on your windshield wipers to get literally the oil slick off the window. Literally. That's why I and so damn many other people I grew up have cancer. So wait, the... And I can't for the longest time. <laughs> Delaware had the highest cancer rate in the nation. So cancer, huh. skin cancer yeah, is caused by get oil it that way. on windshields? It, I think it comes from rays of the, you know, two million degree burning orb in the sky. Really? That some of us call the sun. I think that's where our skin cancer comes from. Not from in oil general. on your on your windshield wipers. I don't think so. No, but I'm not a, a I'm not a physician. Mm. You know. By the way, I'm checking right now. Has okay. Joe Biden cured cancer? Dot com. Ask the question. Has Joe Biden cured cancer? Sadly, the answer 
no. Still? Still says no. Still no. According to this site that, right. that I created. Why don't you hit refresh? Okay, because maybe that's old. Okay, yeah. And maybe that was from your cash. Has Joe Biden cured cancer? It, no. Uh, cancer still exists as of Tuesday, January 3rd, 2023. Now, darn it. And it does have a, a exact to the second time. So you can always keep refreshing it and mm-hmm. make sure. At some point, I, I do hope to change the site to yes. Well, he, he guaranteed it. He promised. I know so it's going to happen. We'll say yes. He said it's the Sometime biggest before thing 2024. We, the biggest difference we would notice. Yeah. Is, and I will notice it. I will totally notice it. <laughs> we've had relatives with cancer. Uh, we've seen mm-hmm. people suffer. There's a mm-hmm. lot going on in this country when it comes to cancer. It's one of the biggest uh, healthcare costs mm-hmm. in the United States. If he, if this dude cures it, I'm even if they announce that. it on a Friday, I think people will notice. Yeah, you know, because they save a lot of mm-hmm. stuff they don't want people to know about for Friday because it gets buried in the weekend. But even if they announced it on a Friday, I think. I would still notice. Hmm. And most people would still notice. Uh, it'd be maybe, a wait, fairly big story. Maybe he just cured it. Oh, yeah. Has Refresh. Joe Biden cured cancer.com? <laughs> ah, no. Ah, no. Dang. Cancer still exists. Darn. This is the worst. Yeah. You know, you just want it to just change one of these days. It's just going to flip to yes. And it's going to be a big. Maybe we'll put some confetti on the site when it when it turns to yes. How to really celebrate it. And why would you make that promise? Unless you had inside information, maybe, that we're on the verge. There's going to be a breakthrough in the next couple of years, and you know that for a fact. Well, maybe then? I think it does tell us two really interesting things. One, how dumb does this man think his voters are? Like, he is standing there saying he's going to cure cancer. Mm -hmm. Obviously, he's doing that for votes. This is before the election. I mean, he continues to do it to prop himself up. But like this was a he said it was the most important thing that would change if he was elected. Right. Yep. Essentially, like we did a um, we did a campaign and we've done it many times over the years, a fake congressional campaign between two candidates, Harold Flimlasky and Ernie Velveeta. <laughs> and, and we don't really say what party they're on. And it's just a way to make fun of political ads as they're always accusing each other of terrible things and, and all of that. And one of the commercials is, I think it's Harold von Lasky, who talks about how he's been developing the cure for cancer, and he's got it, but he's only going to give it to you if he's elected. <laughs> and like, it's just a play on like how stupid these campaign commercials get. That's exactly what Biden did. He, he said we would only cure cancer if he was elected. And not only do you have the first part of this, which is his voters idiotically falling for this mm-hmm. and him believing they might fall for it and being right <laughs> but then also you have the media who doesn't take him to task for this right how think of how he's playing on families who are struggling through the battle of cancer and he's saying god oh, just cast a vote for me and it will all go away all your problems will go away if you vote for me. And there's not one critical piece from the media who says, what a disgusting display. Right? Like, what yeah, a disgusting if, thing to do. If it were Donald Trump saying it, you think they would say, oh, good. All right. We oh, were great. looking forward to that. <laughs> no. No. They would bash him and berate him for giving people false hope, mm-hmm. for making things up. Where's that coming from? What are you basing that on? How is that going to happen? Think of the emotional manipulation 
he is in the middle of doing in that in that quote where he's yeah. he's saying hey mm. you know how your your grandma is on the verge of death i can make that go away just vote for me that's legitimately what he's doing and no one says anything it's it's like the 5000th on the list of controversies from joe biden no one even mentions it no one is critical of it it's disgusting. I mean, I, we've all had family members who have died of cancer or have been afflicted mm-hmm. with it. Pat, you know, as you mentioned, uh, you wouldn't describe yourself as currently having cancer, but you've had to deal with this in the past. Yep. Everybody's terrified. I had a doctor's appointment, um, you know, uh, a couple months ago where they did like a, you know, the, the sort of checkup uh, that you get. We, I go through these extensive, you know, health checkups every, you know, several years to hope hope I'm not developing something like cancer. And they do these scans of your mm-hmm. uh, the whole body scan and they're like you they sit you down and you're sitting there don't say I have cancer. Don't say I have cancer. Don't say I have Luckily they did not say I had cancer. I'm very excited about that. But like even with no symptoms and no worry, you're sitting there worried about whether you could possibly yeah. you want to hear those words. Right. And this guy's like I, right. I can I can make that go away. I it just uh, all I got to do Pull that lever for the D's. It's despicable. It's just, it is legitimately horrible to do to people. And no one criticizes him for it. 888-727-BECK. Glenn Beck. Join the conversation. 888-727-BECK. It's Pat and Stu for Glenn on the Glenn Beck program. Glenn returns Tomorrow, 888-727-BECK. The whole uh, Twitter censoring uh, controversy and the whole situation with Twitter continues to um, reveal itself. Journalist Matt Taibbi is releasing, uh, just released over the weekend, uh, another installment of Twitter files that showed that the government, the U.S. government was in constant contact with a large number of tech firms in their coordinated atta- efforts uh, to censor, specifically targeting accounts that were critical of Ukraine or the COVID vaccine. So hmm. no matter how you feel about the COVID vaccine, people should be able to discuss it. Totally. Right? Totally. I mean, if you can't handle a little bit of discussion about it, uh, or even a lot of discussion about it, then, you know, just get off Twitter Stop looking at it. First of all, you don't need the 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 build up to that statement. Just get off Twitter. Get off, is I mean, is yeah. the best advice possible. It really is. But uh, yeah, no. it, Twitter is agonizing to me. It, it's agonizing. I know. I, I I do agree with you on this, and I understand that it has its. It does a lot to direct the um, the media coverage in this country because mm-hmm. all all the journalists are on it. Yep. I mean, I got that's the main piece of value with Twitter. Yeah. Uh, you know, if you are on Twitter, your your viewpoint might get to a journalist who writes it up and, a big, and it becomes essentially the narrative. And this is why they want to control it so badly. I mean, you know, I've done this. You go, you go through the numbers on Twitter. It's like almost no one uses it for political commentary. Like I, I want to I, I should pull this up, but it's something like only 20 percent of people are even on it at all. And then uh, when it comes down to that, twenty percent of Americans, yeah, uh, it, it's wow, incredibly small. It, it, that's incredible because yeah. it feels like everybody's on it, 
and everybody comments continuously. Continuously. That's what it feels like. And look, a lot of people, 20% of the country is still a massive chunk of the country. That's a lot, yeah. But when you take that, you you also take out um, people who are tweeting about recipes, right? Mm -hmm. Like, you know, who is tweeting? Most of the people, by the way, are like not even active users. Like a lot of them are not tweeting routinely. Most of the people who are tweeting routinely are not even tweeting about politics. Um, and you go down and it's it's a tiny, 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 tiny piece of of the population that is tweeting regularly about politics. I, 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 it's less than one percent, I think. Wow. That's are, really something, isn't it? That are doing really it something routinely. Like, you know, again, people might pop one political comment in their feed. That's a, mostly about sports, you know. And, uh, yeah. But when you're talking about people who do it consistently, it's incredibly, incredibly small. I, I'll dig up the numbers here, maybe in the break. But it's like uh, it's almost nobody. Taibi says uh, the files show the FBI acting as a doorman to a vast program of social media surveillance and censorship, encompassing agencies across the federal government, from the State Department to the Pentagon to the CIA. The operation is far bigger than the reported 80 members of the Foreign Influence Task Force, which also facilitates requests from a wide array of smaller actors, from local cops to media to state governments. Twitter had so much contact with so many agencies that executives lost track. Uh, is today the DOD and tomorrow the FBI? Is is it the weekly call or the monthly meeting? It was dizzying how much contact they had uh, between calls and meetings and messages. Uh, a chief end result was that thousands of official reports flowed to Twitter from all over uh, for, through the FITF and the FBI's San Francisco field office. This kind of collusion between the government and, and a private company to squash the First Amendment is really un-American. Yeah. It, it's it's against everything that we hold dear and value in this country. But other than that... But other than that, it's great. It's great. Yeah. At least Musk has opened up uh, the dark areas that deserve a little sunshine, that need to have, you know, some transparency. At least he's done that. I mean, and that's, of course, why the left hates him so much right now. Uh, more patent stew for Glenn coming up. This is the Glenn Back Program. Yep, here we are. Uh, 888-727-BECK is the number to call uh, in just a minute. We're going to give you, in last hour, we had uh, some important predictions from Dmitry Medvedev, <laughs> who used to be the president of uh, Russia. Sort of. I mean, he was the president, but the president really made no decisions because he had seconds. Vladimir Putin breathing down his neck behind him. Yeah, so. because, I mean, I heard if he if he started making mm. his own decisions, he might fall out a window. Yes, that is very true. You know, that happens to a lot For of people. For some reason, you get really, I don't know, dizzy. Get deep into thought, and yeah. then you get dizzy, and then you uh -huh. fall and then out of the next window. Next thing you know, you're following six stories out a window and dying. Sad. It's it's not good. Uh, but we've got some Nostradamus predictions, so you know these are going to happen. Uh, that's coming up in just a few minutes here. Uh, we'll share with you what you can look forward to or greatly fear this year. Because <laughs> that's usually Nostradamus' predictions are, are a little bit scary. Uh, we'll get into that and lots more coming up on the radio program in just a few seconds.
to hear is the fusion of entertainment and enlightenment. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Hmm. Pat and Stu for Glenn, who returns tomorrow. Uh, coming up, last hour we had uh, Dmitry Medvedev's predictions. But now, somebody with a little more credibility, perhaps, in in the prediction-making world. Uh, Nostradamus' predictions for this year. Plus, there are some startups by billionaires that are seeking a cure for old age. Really kind of cool. Um, don't know how close they are to coming up with a cure for old age. We'll get into that, though, and more in 60 seconds. It's Pat and Stu for Glenn on the Glenn Beck program, 888-727-BECK. Welcome. In the uh, very early stages of a brand new year. Happy New Year. Uh, And so this is the time of year when all the predictions start to happen. And so somebody went through the quatrains of Nostradamus to see (laughs) what was perhaps uh, coming our way this year. Uh, and how are these things performing? By the way, I feel like there's a quatch. We do a quatrain <laughs> section uh, of the show every year. Yeah, and he predicts. Well, he nails everything. Oh, so it's been 100. Yeah, it's been okay. about 100. percent About yeah, about like, right w- around. What there. margin of error do you have uh, built into that number? Plus or minus 89. Okay, 90. Okay, okay, 95. That's, that's, somewhere in there. I mean, it's been a know? long time since he made them, so I guess that's appropriate. And obviously, we all know about the Hissler. Prediction, which he got completely wrong, because nobody named Hitler came to power. No, it was Hitler. Stupid <laughs> <laughs> moron! Can't what an S- idiot. I mean, S and T are next to each other in the alphabet, but but they don't look like each other. No, they don't. No, they don't. Nor do they sound like each other. <laughs> really, don't. Stupid. One's S and one's T. Mm-hmm. They don't sound alike at all. But supposedly, you know, people give him credit for the Hitler thing. They give him credit for uh, predicting the Great Fire of London. A lot of people give him credit for 9-11, for the, predicting 9-11. Um, so, and, and I'm not really sure what specific quatrain it was that predicted that. that and that's the thing. Because people point to certain things and then other people point to something else to prove the same prediction. You know, So I, I don't know. But uh, here's what's coming our way this year. Um. Oh, he also apparently predicted the French Revolution. Says in this article, um, these were eerily accurate. He successfully predicted the assassination of uh, John F. Kennedy. Hmm. All right. So none of these things have a specific date, but for some reason they all point to 2023 for these happening. And uh, the first among them, Nostradamus predicted that humanity may face the threat of cannibalism. Due to a failing economy, writing, there are no abbots, monks, no novices to teach. Honey will cost much more than candle wax. What? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, how much? Wait a minute. How much are you paying for candle wax oh, right gosh, now? Oh, gosh, about $147 a jug. And that's too much. And that's too much. That's but too hun- much. if honey's going to be even more. <laughs> right? I will say, um, <coughs> it's, it's interesting how things change. I don't think I would ever. That's like the one, the, the dollars to donuts thing. Uh, I bet you dollars to donuts. And it's like, like I okay. think at one point, like you got, to, I guess donuts were nope. so much less expensive mm-hmm. than dollars yeah. that it made sense. But now, like, I think donuts mm. are 
Probably more, more than, a dollar, than a dollar, right? Yeah, depending on where you buy them, I suppose they are. I mean, I guess if yeah. you're buying them, maybe buy the dozen. No, but if you go and buy one donut at Dunkin' Donuts, probably over a buck at this point, right? Well, this place right over here that you go to sometimes yeah. uh, for donuts uh, that's very near us, for 18 donuts, no, for 12 donuts, it's about 18 bucks. Oh, really? Yeah, so they're more than a dollar a piece. That's amazing. Yeah, I, that's a the lot. Dollars, the dollars, the Donuts cliche so the, has been it, destroyed. It, just, it was destroyed right there. Just like the candle wax and honey right. cliche that everyone exactly. says every year. So, okay, here's the prediction. There are no abbots, monks, no novices to teach. Honey will cost much more than candle wax. The price of wheat will be high. Man will be agitated and eat his friend in despair. <laughs> because if you're paying more for honey than you do for candle wax... Of course you're going to turn to cannibalism. That just makes sense. That just makes total sense. Well, if you're going to put honey on something, it might as well be another human being. <laughs> yes. Right. If you could afford the honey. Yeah. Me, I'm going to put candle wax on you before I eat you. Really? Yeah, probably. I, still, I don't know if that would taste very good. It's like that uh, cheese that comes in candle wax. You know, yeah. The red cheese. Oh. The red circle cheese. You know what I'm talking about? No. The cheese wheels. Actually, I don't think so. What are they called? I can't think of what they're called. They're like, it's a soft cheese. Made with candle Babel? wax? Yeah. Yeah. And, well, it's not made of candle wax, but there's okay. like a red candle wax coating and you peel it away and then you oh, eat yeah, the cheese yeah, yeah. inside, right? Okay, you yeah. know what I'm talking about? Yes, I do. So yeah. that's what it's, okay. he did. He predicted those he clearly. He did predict that. He nailed another thing. There's another mm, thing another he nailed. One. Uh, the Great War of 2023. One line in his book stands out in particular and it reads, seven months of great war, people die because of evil, but their light will not fall into the hands of the king. Put that in your pipe and smoke it. So what are we <laughs> supposed to take? I, that's supposed to be about Ukraine and Russia, I guess, but it's already gone more than seven months, so I don't know. This is, But this is what people do. They jam these predictions into certain things and just say, yep, he was right about that again. Mm-hmm. Well, no, because that doesn't really fit. This is something that this is a good example of, of our prior beliefs infecting like what what we think. Like if, you're, if your belief is that Nostradamus is predicting the future. You yeah, find then you're a gonna... way to figure out that Nostradamus is predicting the future. You, right. You read in the current events, you jam them into his former statements, and you just say that's what it is. Yes. And there's a lot of that going. I mean, like, the media is famous with this. Like, if you believe Republicans are racist, then every time they make a decision, it will be based on racism. Remember the famous mm-hmm. thing from Barack Obama, uh, that the word Chicago was racist. The word apartments was racist yeah he was so like in his worldview everyone who wants lower taxes is a racist so therefore the reason those people want lower taxes is racism and it's like well you can't operate a civilization if that's all what people all people are doing Mm -hmm. and it's constant especially with the media they just like they have this belief system that you know donald trump is evil right Mm -hmm. so everything is seen through the prism of donald trump is evil so when he does something good, it's because he's got some nefarious, uh, you know, idea behind it. The, the this happened with the I love this. This happened with the tax relief uh, release his tax records that came out over oh, vacation of Trump's. Yeah, Trump's yeah. tax records were released. Now, first of all, and it was a nothing burger. Yeah. It was absolutely nothing. It was all stuff that people already knew or suspected. You know, it was it, it, typical. Um, media i will say unbelievable that just like their their justification for releasing these tax records was like we really don't like them and uh we think people should know 
Well, it's a private document. Mm-hmm. There's If you have a legal reason to release it, maybe you can make a justification. They were just like, yeah, we could do it. We had the power to do it, and we wanted to do it, so we did it. That was really all they came up with on this one. That's a whole other part of this. But one of the things uh, they talked about when you go through uh, all the tax uh, records uh, was the accusation going in. When they wrote the initial stories, they said, these tax records are about to come out. Why is it important? Well, we want to see if the tax bill he passed benefited him. Maybe he was just doing this for his own benefit. He did these things to pass these, these tax clauses that would support his company, benefit him, and he'd pocket the cash. And, and, and that's why, that's the, that was their justification, right? Mm-hmm. We want to know. We need to know. So then they release the records. The first story that comes out about it is, <laughs> Donald Trump, what an idiot. His tax bill actually screwed him over. Because of the <laughs> SALT deductions, he actually lost a ton of money. What a moron. And that's how they framed it. Instead of saying, wow, our expectation of him passing a law that would benefit him was misguided. We were wrong about that. Our justification for announcing the, all these records was wrong, and we, look, we were incorrect, and we should examine why we thought that. No, they just flipped the narrative and now said, instead of him being so smart and nefarious, he passed a law to benefit himself, they said he's so dumb, he passed a law that hurt himself. And that's how, that's how they wrote it up. Yeah, it's incredible, and they do this stuff all the time. It, this is a good example of it, though. I think the same type of stuff happens with these predictions. This is like, well, we believe they're true, so therefore they're true. Well, he nailed this one. Okay, the most recent world event that people have claimed is linked to his book was the passing of Queen Elizabeth II in September, following oh, wow. her death. Well, that's a hell of a prediction. Get this. <laughs> Because they disapproved of his divorce, a man who later they considered unworthy, the people will force out the king of the islands. A man will replace him who never expected to be king. That's not. <laughs> that doesn't at have all. anything to do with Queen Elizabeth. No, the king. As far as I can see, they said king, not yes, queen. Right. Uh, also, okay. I mean, and how much, how how much like Nostradamus do you need to be to predict the death of someone in their nineties? <laughs> it's not exactly. Well, but it was five hundred years prior to her uh, birth. It's true, so, but we, there wasn't a there wasn't a year attached to this. No, though. anyone no, who wasn't. dies, that's right. Any king or queen who dies, <laughs> that's right. You're going to be able to fit this into. So he essentially predicted that. Somewhere along the way in the line of royalty, somebody would get divorced and the people would disapprove of that. Okay? He didn't say it was Charles. He didn't say any of that. (laughs) No. Uh, But they later will consider him unworthy. So what people are reading into this is that King Charles will step down this year and appoint not not, uh, William, but Harry as king. Somehow I mean, it help the Netflix series, I suppose, but I don't know if that's <laughs> right, likely. But yeah, I I don't think it is. Then, uh, but there's not a second segment. You ever notice this with the Nostradamus thing? There, you, at the beginning of the year, you get the predictions. Yeah, and there's Nobody never an end up. of the year. Hey, no. what did we get wrong last no. year? Let's look back on those wonderful yeah. qu- quatrains and find out what what he got and what he didn't get. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's predicted an off-planet disaster for Elon Musk. Hmm. What? Okay. Uh, He wrote, Heavenly fire when the lights of Mars go out. Period. 
the end. That's all Wait, the that, that's all that references. That's all that's the what only does that thing have to do with Elon. I don't know. I don't Cause know. Because he, he deals with space? I guess. I think we're reaching here. Uh, again, yeah, they're just trying to mm-hmm. find a way. Uh, dry land will get drier in a forecast of floods. The earth may suffer another climate disaster in 2023. I guarantee we'll have another climate disaster. Uh, there will be a hurricane or a tornado or a typhoon or an earthquake. Of course that's going to happen because it always, it always does. does. Uh, but he said the dry land will dry up even more and there will be great floods when you see the rainbow. Wait, what? All right. Deep. Deep. Mm-hmm. Too deep to even understand. As a matter of fact, more coming up in one minute. Pat and Stu here for Glenn. He'll be back tomorrow. Earlier in the show, we were talking about Demar Hamlin, who uh, collapsed during the football game last night, had cardiac arrest after making a tackle. It wasn't a particularly, you know, uh, heavy collision. Vicious hit, yeah. Yeah, it wasn't vicious at all. It seemed very normal. Yeah, but he, he went down and his heart had stopped and they got it going again with CPR. And apparently he's stable right now. But, but critical. But critical. Yeah. Um, something we didn't mention was his charitable work i mean the kid's really young but he's already started these charity products uh projects and one of them was a toy drive for kids yeah and it was interesting to see the reaction as as all this went down the the fans uh you know in the in the stands who obviously like you have a, a battle with the opposing team these are two of the top teams in the nfl fans were awesome last night i thought like they yeah. were like really respectful and like you know Many of them st- stayed for a long time just to try to get some bit of news about the incident. And it was it was really, I thought that was really cool. And he did this, uh, you know, he's a, a new player. I think this is his second year in the league. Uh, for, mm-hmm. And so he wasn't particularly well known. He was not like an NFL star. Uh, so he had a charity that he uh, was working on, which is a toy drive that he started, I guess, before he was even an NFL player. And it started going viral now after this is after the incident so the initial goal for his fundraising was $2,500 just to give toys to kids which is like you know again that's like a think, modest goal yeah you know and it's interesting you think about these guys who obviously you think about the star player you think about the guy making 20 30 million dollars a year there's a lot of people yeah. who have a career that's one or two years long where they make a few hundred thousand dollars a year and and are out of the league. Some people play partial seasons and like, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars a year, a lot of money. But when your max career length is 10 years and probable, the average career length is only a couple of years. Mm-hmm. You know, that's not, you're not, you're not living the high life for your whole life. I have a friend who played uh, in, in, in the major leagues and he was in the major leagues for a couple of years. Yeah, he made great money while he was in the major leagues. Mm-hmm. But like, you know, you're when you're done, you're in your mid twenties, and you know you're not the wealthiest person in the world. You might have a good savings for someone in their mid twenties, but then you got to figure out a whole new thing to do. Anyway, I thought it was cool that he was just doing this, and you you don't realize that some of these people are doing these great community efforts, and you know you never get any credit for it. So he had he wanted to raise twenty five hundred dollars, and uh, he he it's not even really clear how recent this fundraiser was put up it says it references in the write-up um he says as i embark on my journey to the nfl i will never forget where i came from and i'm committed to using my platform to positively in fact impact the community that raised me i created the chasing m's foundation 
as a vehicle that will allow me to deliver that impact. And the first program is the 2020 Community Toy Drive. And it talks about like, mm. you know, being hit hard by the pandemic, these communities. So it's like not even like a new thing, but I guess it was still going on. It was had something to do with Christmas. So this even this year's had passed. But he's trying to raise $2,500. And before, I guess, this incident, he had raised the $2,500. I think he was up to almost $5,000 on this. He's, since the incident, been able to raise more money. Uh, the current total of the Chasing M's Foundation Community Toy Drive, $3,856,740. Wow. 146,000 donations have poured in since this went on. And what's really cool is you look at the comments, because you can put the little comments in the GoFundMe page. So that's just like basically overnight. Yeah. Raised $4 million. $4 million. That's impressive. That's amazing. And it's cool. Obviously, you see that a lot shows of- there's still good people in the world. Yeah. You know, it was a nice, it was a really tough thing for everybody to watch last night, but you mm-hmm. do like to see the reactions like this. And what was cool is going through the comments on GoFundMe, where obviously there's a lot of Bills fans and a lot of Bengals fans, uh, the opposing team from last night. Who are donating? Uh, yeah, I saw a bunch of people who were like, you know, our fantasy football winnings for the year, mm-hmm. donating all of that, which was really cool. Yeah, but like you also see, you know, comments from all around the country. 49ers fan, uh, many thoughts and prayers from a 49ers fan in California, Broncos country, sending our prayers and love. And, and you know, this one, you know how impactful this guy was, sending positive thoughts from Philly. Oh, now as an Eagles fan, I could tell you that's not normal. Sending positive thoughts to anyone, not normal. They're the people who booed Santa Claus, <laughs> I know. after <laughs> all. <laughs> but, I mean, you know, er, like, Ravens fans, like, everybody from around the country, like, it's nice to see that community break out, mm-hmm. even though it sucks that it has to be something so awful to, to make that happen. But the fact that now this guy has raised $4 million, we hope he pulls through this and can, you know, uh, but at least, at the very least, there'll be some good that comes out of this probably more charitable dollars than he ever thought he could possibly raise in one night so yeah again you you wish it didn't happen but you know it's nice to see america there are those people out there i feel like because all we do is look at twitter because we look at the media because we look at all these negative divisive conversations all the time we we do lose sight that people actually don't entirely suck At least some. Some people At don't entirely some people. A few people don't entirely <laughs> suck. Triple eight seven two seven B E C K. More coming up. The Glenn Back Program. It's Pat and Stu for Glenn on the Glenn Back Program. Triple eight seven two seven B E C K. You start your uh, new year. With a great box of cookies uh, from Kexi Cookie. That's a company my wife and I started uh, with our son, Sean. And uh, we brought back some huge favorites by popular demand. Like, you've ever tried the uh, the hot chocolate cookie? I don't think I've had that one. So Really good? good? Yeah, so, so good. Mm, they're all there, good. There's a, a Black Forest one. There's um, we, we brought back all your favorites. And you can go to Kexi.com, K-E-K-S-I.com. Check that out. Use the promo code the Jeffy and get eighteen percent off your order. <laughs> now, for those uh, you know who may be new to the show, that's eighteen uh, percent because that's the only number Jeffy knows. Eighteen. Eighteen. Mm-hmm. Eighteen. <laughs> uh, all right. What would be your outlook for the year? Would you say that you're 
optimistic about what's going on, uh, what's going to happen this year, or are you pessimistic? That about- would that would not be smart to be optimistic. Uh, yeah, no. <laughs> it's just not smart. Yeah, look, yeah based I, on everything we've seen so far, it does feel like we are we've been in a dark time for a long time. That's what it. You know, I, I can't remember when we all started saying like, "Oh gosh, thank God this year's over." Yeah, it feels like I don't know, 2015 ish. Mm-hmm. Like I feel like in that area, I remember thinking like, "Oh gosh, thank God this year's over." And, and then you realize that the next year is even worse, and it just continues, yeah, seemingly forever. Again, that's nothing. To, it's not a not like a political thing. It just seemed like there was always something going on mm-hmm. that was like a catastrophe. And then, of course, I don't know that anything beats twenty twenty, where yeah. you basically Such all, a crazy all year. society shuts down for multiple months. Yes. Um, well, because we're coming off several challenging years. Uh, uh, they just did a. Uh, I think this is a Gallup poll of Americans to find out if they're optimistic or pessimistic about the coming year and apparently about eight in 10 u.s adults which would be 80 percent think 2023 will be a year of economic difficulty with higher rather than lower taxes and a growing rather than shrinking budget deficit well how could you be anything but pessimistic about those two things I mean, the budget deficit thing is just a matter of whether you have ever watched politics yeah. in any way. If, if, if you, you know anything about the budget, uh, which we don't have. We don't have a budget. Right. So you know it's going to be bad. Uh, we haven't had a budget passed since 2008 or 2009. Incredible. It's just unbelievable. So you just got these continuing resolutions, which continue to make things worse. Uh, they also found that more than 6 in 10 of us, 60%, think prices will rise at a high rate and the stock market will fall in the year ahead, uh, both of which happened in 2022. In addition, just over half of Americans predict that unemployment will increase in 2023, an economic problem the U.S. was spared in 2022. Uh, on the domestic front, 90% of Americans expect 2023 will be a year of political conflict. In the U.S.? No. Wait a minute. Conflict in I politics? Mean, I can't where's imagine. Where's coming from? Jeez. 72% think the crime rate will raise uh, or rise. Hmm. Some of this stuff is like, you know, this is all, we are just a pessimistic society too, right? Like we've, we, if you ask people what has happened in the crime rate over the past, you know, 20 years, almost everybody says it goes, it's up. Right. Uh, when you come to uh, violent deaths by shooting, for example, everyone thinks it's up. It's not. It's down. It's down dramatically. Now, it's increased the last couple of years. Since, since the pandemic, really, we've had increases in those numbers and sometimes scary increases. But that has not been the trend for a long period of time. Poverty is even more uh, overwhelming than that. When you look at poverty, you ask people, hey, has poverty gone up or down in your lifetime? And I mean, it's like 90% of people say it's Think gone up. up and it's gone down by. Oh, yeah. A lot. I, I can't remember the exact numbers. I, I can pull it up, but it's, it's it's something like global poverty has dropped by something like eighty or ninety percent in our lifetime. I mean, it's really the the mm-hmm. greatest achievement of modern civilization, and no one ever talks about it. No one ever acknowledges the fact that mm. when we were kids, you know, four, five, six, seven, eight times as many people were just dying of starvation as they are today, and that's due to the proliferation. Of capitalism. Yep. Of the free market worldwide. Mm-hmm. That's why people have been brought out of poverty. In a limited way, too. I mean, really, it has spread. You know, we when we were, you know, you go back decades, you have 
you have a rise of communism, right? The exact opposite. You have mm-hmm. a lot of countries who have, you know, monarchies and, and dictatorships and all these things. A lot of that's gone away. Capitalism has has popped into even countries like China that still have a dictatorship. Yes, but they've got but that still hybrid communist, right. communist capitalist hybrid. And which be- because of that, worked. even just that, which is you know they're limiting more and more these days. But even just that has helped so many people come out of poverty. And India is even a better example of it. I mean, India, India who has embraced capitalism more than let's say a China, but still has a similar sized population. Has had an incredible benefit from that and, and has mm-hmm. dragged billions of people out of poverty. This you know, Something like 17,000 people every day, children, 17,000 children every day that used to die of starvation when I was a kid. Every day. 17,000 every day. Now don't die. It's amazing. That's it. It's really what? amazing. Think about and we don't, that. We don't stop and think about that. No. Nearly enough. No, it's really the the biggest miracle really any yeah. of us have ever seen. Uh, Instead, what we worry about now is you're going to get too fat from too much food. Right. So, and what a it's great, pretty amazing. Like, that's kind of like, I thought of this before, like, the ultimate goal of a civilization. Obviously, you have spiritual goals, you have personal goals, you have moral goals. But taking that out, of, out for a second, what is the pragmatic goal of a civilization? I would argue that it is you choose to die if you can come up with a way where you can put up enough structure around you things like capitalism things like science right making it uh, making it you know maybe you learn something about your health what you should be eating or a new medicine comes out or new treatment or whatever else all those things work together and ideally you get to a point where the only way you die is if you treat yourself terribly you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like you no longer are going to die because you just get cancer out of nowhere for no reason. You're no longer going to die because, you know, you were you just got hereditary heart condition that you dropped dead from one day. You're no longer going to die because a pandemic comes out and wipes out uh, civilization. You're you're not going to die for a car accident because the cars are so safe. No longer that no longer occurs. You have to just be completely irresponsible and essentially choose to die. And that is a, that's like the peak of human civilization. If we ever get there, Mm. and I think we may actually at some point, that's like the end game, right? Like you'd love to get to that point. Yes. And obviously maybe even beyond that is even when you do screw up, you still don't die. But like you have to be so irrational and erratic and, and unsafe that you don't die. And I know they're working on this right now. They're trying to get to a point where one of the things we've all accepted as human beings since the beginning of time is eventually you die of old age. And what is old age, but essentially a guaranteed disease? Mm -hmm. Basically, eventually your cells stop working, your organs stop working. The things that you've depended on your entire life no longer go work the same way. And there are a bunch of, you know, scientists and futurists who believe that we should start thinking of old age as a curable condition. Well, that's a big story today. It's one of the headline stories on Drudge um, that there are billionaires who are seeking a cure for old age right now. Uh, Like people like Jeff Bezos are working on this. Yeah. Trying to find a way to stop people from aging. 
pretty amazing. It really is amazing. And, and they, they have hope that it actually will happen. Yeah. And I don't know that you'll stop it forever. I don't know. Like, you know, they're just again, trying to elongate our lives. Yeah. Uh, and you go back, like people will say, cause sometimes I, because I've talked about this and people will say, well, you know, what, you know, you can look at the Bible, right? Mm-hmm. And the Bible's like, hey, uh, you're going to die someday. And so humans are not going to be able to completely end that. And I think that's true. However, you also look at the Bible and you see people are living to like 900 years old. Right. Like, I don't yeah. know. Maybe there is. Maybe. Maybe there is a path to this. some way to do that. But apparently they're looking at, in fact, they're looking at a drug that already exists uh, and treats diabetes. It's called metformin. Mm. You ever heard of that? No. It, uh, they're, they're looking at whether or not that can extend your lifespan by multiple years because uh, apparently in the UK they've been studying that. If regulators approve metformin to target aging, uh, some people believe that large pharmaceutical companies and biotechs would jump into the longevity field and make this a, a field where they can actually make money on when would they ever if they come up with a way to extend your life who wouldn't do that yeah i i mean i think one of the ways we we cope with bad things right is to essentially assume they're normal parts of life right like we you know we look at like a a disease and we're like ah, gosh they got that and like you instead of saying you know thinking Okay, it's it's something that can be cured or something we can get done. We kind of like we're like ah crap that you know that stuff just happens. The common cold is a good example of it. Mm-hmm. Like we've sort of given, and I, I know scientists haven't given up on trying to cure the common cold, but we all just look at it. And we're like, look, at some points you're just going to get sick, and like we all know that's not necessarily true because you know polio. We, yeah. we for a long time that. that's what you said. You said oh, yeah, well sometimes you just get polio, and then you mm-hmm. didn't get polio anymore. And so these things are possible. You know, right now there's a big explosion of weight loss drugs right now that are coming out. Um, and they're uh, showing incredible results. You know, you take these and within, you know, a few months you lose between the first two that came out. Uh, the first one that's out on the market right now is 15% mm-hmm. of your body weight. There's another one that's out that showed 22%. There's another one that showed t- something like 20% in just like 14 weeks. And... Like, we all sort of, like, I think, say, it's part of life. Sometimes you get fat. You eat a bunch of stuff, you get fat, right? Mm-hmm. And we haven't really considered the fact that at some point, maybe in the very near future, that won't really be the case anymore. Yeah. Now, one of the main reasons these things work is because they're, they're curbing your appetite and you're not wanting to eat as many calories, and that's part of the reason you're losing weight. But, like, you know, eventually, there could be a we could these things could advance, and you could get to a point where... You could be on Kexi cookies all day. You just pounding them for every meal. And don't are you alleging there's calories in Kexi cookies? Maybe a few. Uh, <laughs> and when I say a few, I mean a few huh. sticks of butter per cookie. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. But like, eventually, huh. we could get to that point where that, you know, that mm. sort of uh, stuff can happen, it could, where it just melts fat away. F- yeah. Somehow. And like yeah. the third, I think it's the second or third largest healthcare cost we have in this country is diabetes. As uh, Wilford Brimley used to say. Yeah. And if you have a weight loss drug that can control people's weights, it's likely to affect the percentage of diabetes in this country. And at that point, you may very well see a massive reduction in healthcare costs. That could be right Mm -hmm. around the corner. I mean, like one of these is on the market currently. They just 
they they just 60 minutes ran a report on it this weekend uh it's called we Govi. but they they just yeah i saw that just just mm-hmm. this week announced they finally have it back at like full dosage for people to start because it had been on the market for a while but they didn't they had all sorts of supply issues don't and, they i think they ex- this is the drug if i'm not mistaken that they expect to become the biggest seller of all time biggest seller because of all time because it's so successful so far at at uh helping people lose weight yep and it, there's another one. Uh, so that one is Novo Nordisk. It's a company in uh, in in, Nor- in Norway, I think. Um, but they uh, they are on the market already. There's another one from Eli Lilly called Munjaro, which is now available for people who have diabetes. Uh, however, mm-hmm. uh, it is going to be on the market for weight loss probably later this year under probably another brand name. Um, but like this stuff's here. It's yeah. like here now. Yeah, And, you know, obviously some people don't like the idea of a weight loss drug. It's been sort of, uh, you know, diet pills have been sort of, uh, you know, shunned as negatives. Ever since FinFen. FinFen and, and previous things before. Which, like, this one killed like zero Almost people. nobody. Yeah. <laughs> and they pulled it off the market anyway. But these are much more effective than those old drugs. And yeah. this is also, yeah. in, it's an injection currently. But I think they're working on a pill version as well. Amazing. Incredible. 888-727-BECK. The Glenn Beck Program. Ah, welcome back. Uh, Pat and Stu for Glenn on the Glenn Beck Program. You can uh, check out my show, Pat Gray Unleashed, immediately preceding this one live uh, every morning, 6 to 8 Central Time. Uh, anytime you want, as far as a podcast is concerned, you can also get uh, Stu Does America yeah, you're, live. Yep, that's true. Uh, At what 8 time is Eastern that? on Blaze TV? Okay, but also mm-hmm. available anytime on podcast or YouTube. And our, uh, I know your show comes back tomorrow, right? Yes, uh, for the first show of the of the year. Mine yep. comes back tonight. I mean, I I, I, I don't know if work ethic is at play there. I don't know why my show <laughs> is coming back a day earlier than yours. But like, I guess that's what it would stupidity? be. Stupidity. Stupidity. Okay, stupidity. Okay. Okay. That's another good answer. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that uh, my show st- comes back uh, tonight. So check out new episodes. Uh, we're on uh, every day during the week, so check those out. And Glenn will be back uh, manning this microphone uh, tomorrow. I'm excited to hear. Glenn, apparently, is, is it true he's in Florida right yes, now? Yes, he's in Florida right now. Uh, at noon today, Ron DeSantis is sworn in, and I believe he'll be there when that happens. I'll be interested to hear. So, yeah, you'll be able to hear all about that tomorrow. Yeah, and of course, Glenn always has many, many good stories yes. from his vacation times, so... Looking forward to that and his take on all the events. Uh, but Pat was a lot of fun doing the show fun. the last couple of days. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, check out uh, the podcast as well of this program. Make sure to subscribe and rate and review. We do appreciate it when you do that. We'll see you tomorrow. This is the Glenn Back Program.